Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us, as always, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, Gab, Gitter, and Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, as well as Twitter. Our handle is TST underscore underscore radio. Our website is www.thesecretteachings.info.info. Our full show archive is on the website, including last night's show, Dr. Stranger Things. You can download it and listen to it. For those of you who want access to the free archive anywhere you go, you can take the RSS feed on the website, plug it into your podcast radio player, and take the show with you. It will let you know when a new show is uploaded, a new show is updated, and it will allow you to both stream and download that show to your device, whether that's a computer, phone, etc. If you want to get rid of the advertisements in that free archive, because everybody can listen to the show when it airs here on Ground Zero Radio, everybody can listen to the show in the archives, everybody can listen to the show on the various radio and podcast players, whether it's GeoSavin or it's through uh, Spreaker or it's through Spotify. But if you want to support this show, just like you support Clyde, just like you support Aftermath, If you subscribe to our archive on our website, you get the ad-free version of the show. You get our montage archive. You also get access to all of my books that I've written and published. You get digital copies of those. And you get early access to the show early in the day when it is pre-recorded. So you get access to all of that for your yearly subscription And we're running a special for the Ground Zero Radio Network now. It's only $40. So if you donate $40 to our website, thesecretteachings.info, or you use our PayPal email, rdgable at yahoo.com, donate it as friends and family. We do things very antiquated here intentionally, and I will get back to you. We'll set up your account and get you access to all of the goodies about the secret teachings. Also, last thing, on our website, you'll find links to my physical books. If you'd like a physical copy, links to Patreon. Uh, You'll find links to our affiliate sponsors as well, including Pro One Water Filters. Now is as good a time as ever to get a water filter. And we have an affiliate with a company called Transistor FM, which hosts our private archive. And they are a really great company. I just started using them. Highly recommend them. Doesn't cost you anything. Click on the link. And that is how the affiliate program works. Again, thesecretteachings.info. This week, since it is my debut week on the secret, uh, the, the Ground Zero Radio Network here on The Secret Teachings, I, I want to kind of showcase the different types of, of shows that we do, the different types of topics that we cover. Last night was a very deep dive into the esoteric, into the occult, into the mind into the subconscious and the unconscious. We really got access to the, the dark side of the moon last night on the show. And tonight is a topic that I actually haven't talked about in some time. And I thought that my intuition was, was saying you should discuss uh, the topic. And then I thought, let me go into uh, research mode and see if I can find anything on this topic that's topical so I can uh, take an idea and then make it topical and 
first thing I found was uh, an article from the Houston Chronicle about these new panels that are being put together. It's called the Climate Overshoot Commission. And it includes former presidents, former members of the World Trade Organization, and other world leaders and corporate leaders getting together in order to talk about what they call, quote unquote, climate intervention. Now, the Climate Overshoot Commission might sound like it might imply that we're discussing the subject of climate change. And although that is at the root core of the discussion held with this commission and these former world leaders and corporate heads and WTO people, but they're not talking about climate change. They're talking about climate intervention. Now, this is a politically correct way of saying climate engineering. Like you... I've been interested, I've been reading, I've been learning all in and about the subject of geoengineering and what some people on the street call chemtrails for about a decade now. And I've always been told it's just a contrail, it's just ice crystals, there's no Air Force manual that teaches the chemtrail geoengineering process. There's no record of John F. Kennedy speaking back in the 60s about climate engineering, uh, weather warfare. There's no global treaty against weaponizing the weather. These are all conspiracy theories, despite the fact that you can actually pull these up officially on government websites. There's no such thing as Project Popeye or Project Storm Fury. That's all an exaggeration taken out of context historically. There's no purpose to discuss it. It's all just in the imagination. It's all a fabrication. It's all made up. It's all science fiction. That's not a real thing. It's just an ice crystal. So like you, I've been told the same thing. And now that it's becoming public knowledge, now that mainstream media, major universities, people that are very famous people that are famous in politics and Hollywood, have been suggesting that this is the solution to climate change. Suddenly, the idea of geoengineering, which did not exist in the popular mind about five, six, seven years ago, is so popular that there's even a song, we've discussed it on the show before, called Kim Trails Over the Country Club. And uh, that song is one of those things where if you, you, you watch it and listen to it, you can't tell if it's, if it's serious, if Lana Del Rey is being serious, or if it's sarcastic. Because you see this a lot in entertainment. When something reaches the pinnacle of, of being suppressed or being denied, it works its way into pop culture and entertainment. And the music industry, TV, movies will start to discuss it as if it's, it's just a fun thing, it's kind of real, kind of made up. They'll have the fact checkers, they'll have the, the cat at Snopes fact check it for you. They'll have uh, you know, the, the independent third-party fact checkers from Facebook check it to make sure that it's, it's, uh, you know, it's true or not true. And so as it makes its way into popular culture, 
mean, chemtrails over the country club, they have to change the terminology because geoengineering, that doesn't sound, um, that doesn't sound too good. That sounds, well, artificial. So like George Carlin once said, the way that we change language takes something like shell shock and turns it into post-traumatic stress syndrome, right? It's not the war department, it's the defense department. It's not a doctor, it's a health, wellness, maintenance professional. You're not a janitor, right? You're a building maintenance inspector. Uh, You're not, what's another good one? Uh, You're not, um, well, you're not poor, uh, you're not broke. You're economically disadvantaged, disadvantaged under the current circumstances. And that kind of language is extremely dismissive. Some might call it soft language. It's extremely dismissive, and it doesn't allow for the kind of discussion and debate that is needed to figure out what is going on. And so now, bringing this back, uh, back around to the Houston Chronicle article I was reading, about the Climate Overshoot Commission, which was, I guess, formed uh, last week, is going to meet this Thursday to discuss what they are calling climate intervention. Very, very soft, misleading language. Climate intervention. It's not geoengineering. It's not chemtrails. Not to be confused with contrails. It's climate intervention. The article from the Houston Chronicle says... This shows the idea of, quote, solar engineering or solar geoengineering is finally getting serious. They quote Harvard University climate scientist David Keith, one of the leaders in the field of solar geoengineering and climate intervention. Now that we're aware of that, now that we know that, There are a lot of questions that need to be asked and a lot of questions that need to be answered. The first question is, no matter how devastating a natural disaster is, no matter how devastating a flood or a fire or a hurricane is, there's always the question that does not get asked. The question that does not get asked is not a matter of whether you believe that hurricane, that flood, that fire was caused by climate change or was it not caused by climate change. Everything is reduced to this black and white polarized spectrum of being pro or anti something. The question that's not asked is, why was that hurricane more costly? Why was that flood more costly? Why was that fire more costly? Because when they use cost such as hurricane whatever causes this much damage, billions of dollars in damage, cost cannot be equated to changes in environment and changes in climate, even if they were man-made by one definition or another, whether that's from CO2 or it's from solar engineering, solar radiation management programs. What I mean by that, to be specific, is if you have 10 houses... I grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida, so right on the beach, that little tiny finger that comes out. I was a peninsula. I was on a peninsula on a peninsula. And you would have people on the news when I was a kid, their house would be blown away in a hurricane. And then they would say, this is the second time my house has been blown away. 
the second time my my house has been flooded and then they rebuild it they fix things but they keep their house right on the beach if i build a house on the beach when there is a low tide and then the high tide comes in and washes my house away that's not climate change that's me deciding to build my house in a very dangerous place and that's why when we talk about the cost of climate change it's extremely misleading it's very much out of context and it's meant to provoke and invoke this fear and this this the, the, this idea that the narrative is true when it's not even close to being true. It's extremely misleading. If you have 10 houses on the beach and they're each worth, let's just keep this very simple, they're each worth a dollar. And a hurricane comes and, and blows those houses away, nine of the 10 houses or eight of the 10 houses. So that's caused eight or nine dollars in damage. Same hurricane hits those same houses or that same area 50 years later when each house costs $2. The cost of the house has gone up. Same hurricane hits. It takes out eight or nine houses. Well, now you're looking at $16, $18 in damage. They could be the same house or at least it's the same location, the same strength of the hurricane, but the cost of the property has changed so when the hurricane hits, just in this silly example, when the hurricane hits, the cost of the damage is going to be more, even if it's the same strength of hurricane. I hope that makes sense. Because the same thing is true for flooding. The same thing is true for fires. I mean, you would think if you turned on the news and, and you didn't have any perspective on the, the subject of, of climate change or climate engineering or intervention you'd think that the entire country like the whole of the united states is on fire from west to east north to south you think everything was burning up in this giant inferno but where do you see most of the fires you see fires in places where there's always fires you see fires in places where maybe there's a lightning strike or maybe somebody lights some fireworks or in some cases some people have been arrested trying to set fires in places like California. One of the major reasons those fires spread and cause a lot of damage, it's because they don't utilize proper forest management techniques. So if you refuse to clear the dead brush, if you refuse to have controlled burns, although those can be very dangerous, if you refuse to manage the forest, if you re if refuse to create fire breaks, arguing that it's against nature, then you're setting yourself up for an inferno and you're setting yourself up for total devastation, bringing us to point two, when you are building multi-million dollar homes or even homes that aren't multi-million dollars, but just your standard average home, which is overpriced, in places where there typically are fires and particularly in fire lanes. So then when the fire comes like the hurricane, the house that cost a dollar 50 years ago burns down, that's a dollar in fire damage. But now the house is worth $2, the fire burns it down. Same kind of fire, same place it was 50 years ago, same general area, but now the damage is $2. It's increased by 100%, but nothing, the fire didn't change, the location didn't change, the cost of the property changed, just like in the case of the hurricane. And it's the same thing with flooding, it's the same thing with the, uh, the general perception of the intensity and, and, uh, of storms and, and the changing of storms. And a lot of this stuff is, is bias. It's bias 
in the moment. If you're sitting in a hot car and you're listening to NPR and they're telling you the temperature today has reached 95 degrees. This is a five-year high for this time. It is likely due to climate change. Well, if you're sitting in a hot car listening to how a hot temperature is a result of climate change, that is a little bit biased, don't you think? Don't you also find it strange that even cold weather is a result of climate change? Drought is a result of climate change. Flooding is a result of climate change. Rainfall is a result of climate change. Snow is a result of climate change. You know, an ice storm, a hurricane, or having less hurricanes, more hurricanes, everything is a result of climate change. That's when you know you have a surefire cult. Now, that doesn't mean that the planet hasn't suffered some form of consequence from human action. It doesn't mean the planet hasn't suffered some kind of consequence from human intervention right, from industrialization. But the reality of the situation is the world is not going to be worse off in 10 years or 15 years or 20 years compared to 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Life will be better in 10 years even with the mainstream narrative of climate change than it was 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago. By the end of this century, we'll be wealthier and better off and healthier than we were at the beginning of last century or the end of last century, even with climate change. Very few people are going to be honest about that because it's a cult, regardless of which way you slice it, whether you believe it or disbelieve it, like guns or abortion or any other subject, there's very little room left in dialogue, in debate, in discussion For someone to say, well, the only reason that storm is costing more money is because you have more expensive property. You have more expensive items. You have more items in general in that house. The house is larger today than it was even 50 years ago. I mean, our houses are, a lot of houses are massive today. And if that house gets destroyed, a single house worth millions of dollars being destroyed in a hurricane when no other house around it might suffer the same damage, could indicate that there are millions of dollars in damages, but to one house. And that's the thing that we need to understand, the perspective and the context on this subject. So this week, Thursday, the Climate Overshoot Commission is meeting. This month, the American Geophysical Union, the largest society of scientists who work on climate issues, announced that it was forming an ethics framework for climate intervention, and that this ethics framework would be ready for debate during the major international climate negotiations conference in Egypt coming up in November. And it's all focused, the COC and the AGU, it's all focused on solar geoengineering or what they call, quote, climate intervention. Now, speaking of climate intervention, we've heard over the last two years that as a result of lockdowns, carbon dioxide emissions have been halted in part, and that in order to save the planet, we need what amount to rolling lockdowns, seasonal lockdowns. We've seen universities and philanthropists and the media and politicians, both here at home in the States and overseas, touting these ideas, 
we need a climate lockdown every couple of months or once a year. And that'll help save the planet by reducing carbon emissions. Don't drive as much. Don't see your family. Don't see your friends. Don't go out to eat. Don't go to the movie. Isolate yourself. Quarantine yourself. Lock yourself down. If you won't do it for climate initially, maybe you'll do it for a virus because you're scared of getting sick and dying. It affects you directly, not your environment, indirectly and in an arbitrarily defined way. So here's something interesting that you might want to know if you're interested and uh, concerned or maybe not concerned whatsoever in the idea that lockdowns have actually reduced carbon emissions. NASA published uh, a report, and it was from a study in the Proceedings of the National Academy of uh, Sciences, that CO2 in the atmosphere actually continued to grow at the same rate throughout 2020 into 2001. Although emissions fell 5.4%, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere continued to grow at the same rate. The problem is, what happened was, because the environmental conditions changed, nitrogen oxides in the environment were actually reduced. And the result of the reduction in these nitrous, uh, nitrogen oxides, the NOxes, was that they no longer were able to scrub as much air pollution out of the environment. And that air pollution in particular that they were scrubbing out of the environment was methane, which is far heavier, 10 to 25 times heavier than carbon dioxide. This is something that a lot of climate environmentalists don't talk about. Or maybe they don't know why they're talking about it. They talk about cows, but they don't talk about the methane. Because carbon dioxide was removed sort of from the environment, it affected the nitrogen oxides, which actually increased methane in the atmosphere. Methane grew at the largest rate, the largest percentage, than at any other time in the last decade during lockdowns. Lockdowns actually made greenhouse gas emissions and the greenhouse gas accumulation in the atmosphere worse. That's according to NASA, and that's according to scientists working for the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. If you don't believe me, look it up. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Tonight, the Kim Trail of Tears. We're going to break this down in great detail tonight. Stay with us. There's a lot more after this. If you'd like to email us, rdgable at yahoo.com and find us on Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio. We'll be back. The Secret Teachings Radio Show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. 
Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. Every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's another climate emergency, another climate disaster, or at least one that's coming. A coming emergency, a potential disaster, something that might happen. From environmental organizations to the media to politicians and to people that want to do the right thing, we hear nonstop stories over and over and over again, of terrifying, cataclysmic, and dystopian futures offered as the absolute, without question, conclusion to modern civilization. Our end will be met within 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. And most of this is blamed on human activity. It's blamed on the ambiguous terminology like climate change. Some of you may very well be aware that about 50 years ago, if you look up Time magazine, they were calling climate change the big freeze. They were saying that the temperatures of the planet were dropping and that we were actually heading into an ice age, not into an inferno. We were told decades ago, 50, 60, 70 years ago, there wouldn't be enough food to feed the population by the end of the 20th century. We were told that there would be increasing storms, and the storms would, well, pretty much wipe out anything on a coastline. Big, big storms, like the day after tomorrow. We were told that not only would people starve and storms would get worse, 
we were told that the ice caps are going to fully melt most of the ice caps and that the sea level will rise and that whatever's left over from these big geostorms will be underwater. And none of that's happened. None of that's happened in the 21st century when we've been told by people like Al Gore it was going to happen. None of it has happened in the 21st century based on what we were told in the mid to late 20th century. As we were told by scientists and environmentalists, not only have those things not happened, we actually have seen that we have more than doubled the population and yet we have more food today than we had 60, 70 years ago. We see that despite the fact that, yes, there certainly are storms that cause damage to property, it's either ignorance or it's intentionally misleading that media and authors and scientists and researchers utilize the agreed-upon cost of a dollar to determine whether or not a property was more devastated by a climate disaster, a hurricane, a a, a natural disaster, uh, based on what happened uh, 100 years ago compared with what happens today. If they're using the economic model, that's not a good model to use because houses cost more today. They're bigger. We have more stuff that we put into our houses. We build more of them. And we build more of them in places that are fire lanes and, for all intents and purposes, hurricane lanes. Those things have not happened as we were promised they would. And not only do we have more people, but we have more food today. We also have more resources. We also have found that all the fear of sea level rises taking over cities and taking over islands Naturally, of course, islands disappear, islands appear, but I'm not talking about that. What happens is on a lot of islands that are made of things like a lot of them are made of coral and they have these uh, they have these materials that, um, you know, waves and storms and, and, and whatnot, they they break that stuff apart and it washes up on shore and it actually builds the, the mass of the island. So despite the fact that sea levels might be rising the reality is there's actually an increase in land mass for some islands as opposed to a decrease because there are certain factors that are weighing harder on reality than things like a rising sea level. Heat waves are a really great example. Contrary to all the rhetoric, all the, 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 the fear of devastation, heat waves actually save more lives than they take. According to one of the major studies on this published in The Lancet, the biggest ever conducted on the subject of heat and cold-related deaths, 74 million deaths were looked at in 384 locations in 13 different countries around the world. The Lancet found there are 17 deaths from cold compared to every single death from heat. Statistically, 7% of all deaths from heat and cold are caused by cold, whereas 0.5% were caused by, by heat of, of these climate-related deaths. The study found that 140,000 people die from heat every year, but more than 2 million die from cold every year. 
Studies suggesting that heat waves are going to kill more people also assume that people will not adapt and purchase an air conditioner. Air conditioners save lives. But we're told we can't have an air conditioner. We can't utilize electricity unless it's for an electric car, of course. You can't use it for an air conditioner, though. We can't adapt to the environment. We shouldn't build seawalls, right? We shouldn't have early warning systems for hurricanes and tsunamis. We shouldn't tell people to take shelter. We shouldn't tell people to bring stuff inside their homes when there's a hurricane or when there's you know, the possibility of a, of a twister. We shouldn't adapt, right? That's what a lot of environmentalists are suggesting to us, implying to us, whether they recognize it or not. Don't have an air conditioning. If you don't have an air conditioning, a lot more people are going to die from heat. But the reality is, if temperatures actually increase that much, more people would be saved. Nobody said it was good that a certain number of people die from heat. But if more people are actually going to survive because of heat as opposed to cold, that's probably a good thing. Let's say 140,000 people, as the Lancet study said, 140,000 people die of heat. Nobody said that's a good thing. Nobody said that's something we should be happy about. But with more heat, 2 million people could actually be saved from otherwise being exposed to extreme colds and dying. That's something that virtually all media, including the alternative media, independent media, neglects to mention. What also is neglected, I mentioned this at the end of last segment, NASA and a study in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences published this in November of 2021 about carbon dioxide emissions and lockdowns pertaining to COVID-19 and the so-called quote-unquote pandemic. It says that CO2 was reduced by 5.4% in 2020 in regards to emissions. Sounds good, right? CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same rate as in preceding years, however, according to NASA and according to this study. So it continued to grow despite the fact that emissions dropped. But that's a natural thing. As a result of this, there were other things that happened in the atmosphere. COVID-19 pandemic-related drops in carbon dioxide emissions also led to drops in nitrogen oxides. Nitrogen oxides, of course, are needed to scrub other pollutants out of the air. So, and this is a statement from NASA, by reducing NOx emissions, as beneficial as that was in cleaning up air pollution, the pandemic also limited the atmosphere's ability to cleanse itself of another important greenhouse gas. That greenhouse gas is methane. The drop in emissions for CO2 didn't decrease the concentration of methane in the atmosphere. I'm still quoting NASA here. Instead, methane grew by 0.3% in 2020, the past year, a faster rate than at any other time in the last decades, uh, last decade. With less NOx, there was less hydroxyl radical to scrub methane away, so it stayed in the atmosphere longer. Now, if you want to, quote, science that and tell me why I'm wrong, be my guest. I'm simply reading what NASA is telling me. I'm simply reading what the 
Journal of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences is telling me. I'm reading the science. And I'm trying to figure out why everything we're being told is the exact opposite of reality. So much so that it's it's patently absurd, some of the things we're told. There was a story, I think it was in the Atlantic a few days ago, that said that temperatures are so hot across the world that people's flesh is actually burning off of their skin. Now, I was just talking here in, in Tucson with my fiance earlier today uh, because it's, well, it's June and we're in Tucson, Arizona, so it's getting hot. And uh, we've been trying to run the, the AC uh, you know, as, as limited as possible because things can get very expensive, of course. And uh, I was telling her that this is around the time that I moved here, the first time I moved to Arizona, and the hottest I ever felt was 119 degrees. And then it was about 117, 115 for a few days around the solstice. And then it cooled off. Personally, I like a lot of heat. 119 is too much for virtually every person on this planet. But at no point, when it was 119 degrees when I lived here before, at no point did myself or the person I was living with go outside and have their flesh burned off of their body. You get a really bad sunburn. It might hurt. But your flesh is not burning off your body. It might peel like a regular sunburn, but it's not burning off your body. That's that word play that we talked about last night where one or two or three or four people get shot and it's a massacre. It's a slaying. It's a slaughter, implying something far worse than a few people being shot. No matter how tragic it is, we need to be careful with our language. We need to be careful with the word choice. Because now we're being told that climate intervention is needed in order to curb climate change. So it's man-made climate change when once it was global cooling, then global warming, now climate change. Now we're being told all those contrails explain the theories and the conspiracies about chemical trails and geoengineering. But now we're being told the solution to climate change is Funny enough, by the way, haha, climate intervention. It's not geoengineering, folks. It's climate intervention. Changing the word, but it's the exact same process. What is climate intervention? It's solar radiation management. It's spraying particulate into the atmosphere like sulfur to block the sun, which also then traps heat, making the planet hotter, indicating that, as I believe, what is actually happening is these programs have been active for some time and for whatever reason they were initiated warfare or whatever man-made global warming is actually man-made to the degree, no pun intended that it exists by these types of solar radiation management programs, stratospheric aerosol injection. That's what's causing temperature fluctuations that are abnormal and unnatural. That's man-made global warming. It does exist. It's just not because you drove your car. It's because planes have been flying, spraying particulate matter in the atmosphere for many, many decades. Paid for by government, paid for with taxpayer dollars, paid for by corporations, paid for by philanthropists like Bill Gates, who openly conducted a study, I believe it was in Mexico, 
or it was close to Mexico, it might have been the southern U.S., I think it was in Mexico a few years ago, where they sprayed sulfur into the atmosphere. They used balloons to do it in some, in some cases. It's not always planes. But now th- this is the talking point. Now this is the thing we're being told needs to be done, climate intervention, and most of us are sitting around. I'm sitting around like you, and I'm thinking, hold on a second, time out. I've been saying this for a decade. There are geoengineering programs. I mean, cloud seeding is not a conspiracy. Cloud seeding is a very old technique. It's not a new thing. But now we're being told, shut up, you are wrong, those things don't exist. It's actually climate intervention. Huh? See, I told you. And then Snopes facts check, fact checks it. There's no such thing as geoengineering. There's climate intervention. You're not broke. You're economically disadvantaged. It's, well, it's almost like twilight language. I guess it's mind control language is what it is. And I read this really interesting report from Earth.com and a number of other Earth-based science websites. And I thought that this was really interesting. It says, highly reactive chemicals discovered in the atmosphere. A research team led by the University of Copenhagen has recently discovered an entirely new class of highly reactive chemical components. Hydrotrioxides in Earth's atmosphere. Earth.com reports... The chemicals are extremely oxidizing and likely to affect both human health and global climate. Now, they say that these chemicals are new. They've never classified them before. It's a new class of highly reactive chemicals. Scientists say they've long known that common chemical compounds called uh, hydrogen peroxides, which contain two oxygen atoms attached to each other, um, that they're reactive and flammable and, and or explosive, and that they're found in the atmosphere. Uh, in recent years, scientists have, 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 uh, have been debating whether trioxides, these, these chemical components with uh, three oxygen atoms, are released in the atmosphere too. So it was a theory. They've supposedly proven this at the University of Copenhagen. But what I found particularly interesting was the last sentence of the article. Here's what it says. The scientists suspect that trioxides are able to enter into tiny airborne particles called aerosols, which can be easily inhaled and lead to various health hazards, including cardiovascular and respiratory diseases. Now, the particle that enters into your body the chemical that enters into your body is not causing you to acquire some form of disease. The implication is, with mainline virology, is that the disease is caused by a specific particle in the body, and if they can identify a large amount with a test, then you have XYZ disease. It's a pulling of symptoms into a complex, a symptom complex, and then they use that complex to decipher whether or not this is uh, this is a specific disease that they can use for certain drugs or certain procedures to, to cure or to, you know, to treat, to fix, etc. They're saying from the University of Copenhagen that these chemicals in the atmosphere can actually cause respiratory diseases. Think about that for a moment. That implies... That respiratory diseases, do you know any respiratory diseases? 
Can you name a respiratory disease for me? Think about it really, really hard. I'll wait. That means respiratory diseases can be caused by chemicals in the atmosphere? Well, maybe COVID-19 is not caused by a particle. Maybe COVID-19 is a pulling of symptom complexes and things like, oh, I don't know, these new highly reactive chemicals that have been discovered, arguable, they can cause respiratory illness. Maybe that's why people have had trouble breathing. Or maybe it's a form of social contagion, and this new highly reactive class of chemicals is a separate issue. But don't you find it also interesting, they say that these chemicals can cause cardiovascular problems. Cardiovascular problems, cardiovascular disease is, is like heart disease. is the number one killer of men and, and increasingly almost, I, I, I think women, it's almost the number one killer of women too. So you die of heart disease, you have respiratory complications, and nobody's asking what is causing the problem. Is it a particle in the body or is it trioxides? Or for that matter, when a comet passes by the planet and the planet moves through the, the tail of the comet, there are a lot of things that the planet can pick up in that, in that tail. Things like carbon monoxide, even methane, ammonia. And the symptoms of exposure to these gases include the following. Carbon monoxide, headache, dizziness, weakness, upset stomach, vomiting, chest pain, and confusion. Methane. Rapid breathing, dizziness, weakness, fatigue, increased heart rate, vomiting, loss of memory, and ammonia. Irritation and inflammation of the eyes, nose, and throat, as well as the respiratory tract. Small concentrations, of course, provoke coughing, along with nose and throat irritation, usually very severe irritation. Carbon monoxide is also defined by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control if you are poisoned by it as causing, quote, flu-like symptoms. I'm not exaggerating or making it up. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control states that the symptoms of carbon monoxide poisoning are, quote, often described as flu-like. I want to be clear here. That doesn't mean that people don't get sick. But the question is, why are they getting sick? Is it a particle or is it trioxide? Is it methane? Is it carbon monoxide? Is it ammonia? Is it on top of all of that stress, anxiety, and fear which run the body down? Is it also poor lifestyle decisions, poor lifestyle choices, smoking and drinking and eating poorly for decades? Because the CDC says on their website that four comorbidities are the reason why 95 to 96% of the million or so people that quote-unquote died of COVID-19 actually died. They died of conditions they would normally have died from. That's why there have been no cases of the flu documented in, in Britain and hardly any cases of the flu documented in the States because they reclassified those cases. Now, I know you might think, is this a COVID-19 show tonight? I thought this was about chemtrails. It is. It is about chemtrails. Because if ammonia, methane, carbon monoxide, trioxide, and other things in the atmosphere 
including heavy metals, if those things can cause the symptoms of what we classify as being the symptom complex of of SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19, then we're not necessarily looking at a virus here. We're looking at chemical and heavy metal poisoning. We're looking at environmental toxins and pollutants. This is what they say from the University of Copenhagen. This is what Earth.com reported. Scientists suspect that trioxides enter airborne particles called aerosols. That's also what they're spraying in the atmosphere. Stratospheric aerosol injection. Those include chemicals and heavy metals run down to the nano size. And those aerosols can be inhaled and lead to various health hazards, including, quote, cardiovascular and respiratory diseases. So COVID-19 isn't necessarily so much a particle or a virus as it could be caused by things like climate engineering programs. A very, very high and likely possibility. And likewise, what we call climate change, driven by human activity and having children and families, might not actually be caused by human activity and having children run around and play. It might actually be caused by stratospheric aerosol injection, sulfuric aerosol-like injection, which blocks the sun but also traps the sun so it makes the planet hotter. And since that's man doing that, then it is man-made. And likewise, it's also man-made because a 5.4% roughly reduction in carbon dioxide emissions during the so-called pandemic in 2020, NASA and top scientists have said that although that reduction occurred, carbon dioxide remained the same in the atmosphere, and as a result of the change in the atmosphere, NOxs Nitrogen oxides were reduced, which prevented the scrubbing of things like methane, which is much heavier, which actually caused there to be an increase in the, in the density, if you will, of greenhouse gases in the environment. So lockdowns, just like climate engineering, actually are man-made forms of global warming. And a lot of this does not take a scientific background to understand. A lot of this just takes a very basic understanding of language and words. You know, last night I told you that a mass shooting is defined as four people being shot, but 51 people being shot in Chicago isn't a mass shooting or a crisis. It's about context and perspective. It's about the definition of words. And where is all of this taking us? Where is, you know, Italy says, we we, we don't want to use air conditioner because we have to fight Putin. Uh, The European Union says take less showers to save water to fight Putin. We need climate lockdowns, but in the name of COVID-19, every couple of months, every couple of of seasons, we'll rotate it, rolling lockdowns. What what is all of that doing? It's, It's preventing us from being comfortable, from trusting other people, from having relationships, family, friends, et cetera. It's preventing us from traveling. Look at the cost of airline tickets. Look at the Uh, the people still being sent home uh, for for COVID-19 positive tests. Look look at what's happening with the airline industry, the cost of of fuel and the cost of travel, the cost of the tickets, less people working, bigger lines. It makes it difficult to travel. You don't want to travel. It's hard to even rent a car, pay for gas. You, You get stuck at home. 
the people that can afford it get to travel. The wealthy get to travel. You don't get to travel. And those are the same people that are coming up with solutions to climate change and quote-unquote global warming. It is a Kim Trail of Tears. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Ground Zero Radio is where you are tuned in and The Secret Teachings archive, thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to our archive and separately subscribe to Clyde Lewis's archive. Our archive is $40, a special right now. You get the show ad-free, the montages, my digital books, and access to our private RSS feed, our embed player, and early access to the show when it's pre-recorded. If you'd like to email us, rdgable at yahoo.com. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fall out back to me. 
Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Cal ISO has started rotating power outages. Governor Newsom today addressed the recent rolling blackout. We failed to predict and plan. Energy conservation is what the California Independent System Operator wants to see more. The overall picture is that the California grid ran out of energy. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. The president is invoking the Defense Authorization Act to lift tariffs on solar products from several countries. The effort is meant to kick the country into high gear for green energy. The president said that using the act is justified because it will allow the U.S. to be less reliant on foreign sources for energy. But if we want to avoid catastrophe, we have to drastically cut emissions now. You're not going to solve global warming by telling people no. You're not going to solve this by telling people you can't fly, you can't go on your car, you can't eat meat, you can't do all these things that you like to do because of climate. 97% or more of actively publishing climate scientists agree. In the 1920s, about half a million people died each and every year from climate disasters. A lot of them were floods and droughts. 2021 is set to be even lower at about 6,000. Climate warming trends over the past century are extremely likely due to human activities. Like, 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 likely due to human activities. The ocean's rising. It turns out that at least for now, and probably in the foreseeable future, the accretion is higher than the sea level rise. You've seen increasing areas, not decreasing areas. The ocean's rising, killing trees. Like, 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 likely due to human activities. Like, 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 killing trees. That means switching out those natural gas plants for wind turbines, coal plants for solar farms. Lowering emissions also means switching from gas cars to electric cars. No new gas vehicles sold in California by 2035. That is the goal of an executive order signed by Governor Newsom. But you've actually not cut very much emissions. You've just bought an extra car and you mostly bought it for subsidies that other people, that is the poor, will have to help sponsor. Lowering emissions also means speeding our buildings not with natural gas, but with electric heat pumps cooking on electric stoves. Basically, we're gonna be using a lot more electricity, anywhere from 40 to 100% more than we currently use. Because of global warming, because of the 2.6% reduction, we will only be 434% as rich by the end of the century. Notice that's a very different understanding from what you typically hear today, namely that everything is gonna be bleak and terrible by the end of the century. No, everything or most things will be much better but it'll be slightly less better. Global warming is a problem, not the end of the world. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. Global warming is a problem, but it's not the end of the world. It's not even close to the end of the world. It might be the end of a few percentage points of prosperity over the next 75 years, but... It's not going to end the world, and you certainly shouldn't bring down the world around you and not have a family and not live because you're scared of climate change. And that's what this is really all about. It's people that are terrified, people that are afraid, people that exaggerate the claims by saying that the world is on fire. Someone said that to me recently. They said, Ryan, the world is on fire. How can you not believe how can you not believe 
believe. Believe in what? Uh, I'm not concerned with belief. I'm concerned with the details. I'm concerned with context. I'm concerned with information and data. I'm concerned with what some people in power are doing with those beliefs. Some people in power are doing things that are so incredibly, deceptively unsavory that it almost feels as if those people who fall for them kind of deserve it. There's a lot of different angles that we could take on this, but I think that you should be aware that just this week, just in the last few hours actually, the White House published a fact sheet, whitehouse.gov, stating that President Biden is taking executive action to spur domestic clean energy manufacturing. Basically, what the White House is doing, and I don't really want to say what Joe Biden is doing because I don't believe he's actually doing it, but what the White House is doing here is they want to remove tariffs, they say, from solar panels being brought into the country. And they want to do that to, well, as they said, quote, spur domestic clean energy manufacturing. I think what a lot of people fail to understand is, although I'm on your side in believing that there's a hydrogen-powered car and that Germany has engines that, that are gas-powered, they can get you 100 miles a gallon that are not hybrid, that the Japanese had hybrid uh, cars back in the 70s and 80s, the technology was there. I'm on your side when it comes to that kind of thing. But where I draw the line in the sand is the idea that, oh, it's that easy. Just put up a solar panel, suddenly all your power needs are uh, are met. And that's not how it works. It would be nice if that's how easy it was. And if that's how easy it was, and and it was relatively cheap and affordable, there would be no reason to, to not shift into using that type of technology. If it was that if it was that cheap and easy, then we wouldn't even need to d- be discussing trillions of dollars in 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 new infrastructure. It would just be that simple and that cheap. And I think that's what the problem is. I think a lot of people think it's that simple and that cheap and they don't know a lot about it. And so as a result of that, either they don't want to admit it or it's too scary to admit that something else is going on here. And all those billions of dollars to invest in green energy end up vanishing into thin air, thin air, like just the waving of a magic wand. It's, it's gone. Who wants to see a magic trick? That's, that's what it's like. Who wants to see a magic trick? I'm going to make this pencil disappear. All that money just disappears. We need trillions. We need tens of trillions. We need to fix everything. Everything We're, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to what are the consequences of spending that kind of money? What are the consequences of tearing down the old system and building the new system? What are the consequences of that? Well, first and foremost, you're seeing that you have to pay for it while oil companies and big corporations make record profits. What you're seeing is when the White House signaled that they would ban the importation of Russian oil and Russian energy, we read you the legislation here on the secret teachings where it explicitly said that it only pertains to non-contracted, non-agreed-upon energy and oil, meaning that about 95, 98, somewhere around there, percent 
of contracted and agreed upon oil can still come into the United States. The ban was not a ban. It was a cheap political stunt. There is plenty of energy. Whether you're talking about natural gas, whether you're talking about oil, there's plenty of energy. The U.S. was an energy exporter about three, four years ago. Well, two, two, three years ago was an energy exporter. Now we barely have enough energy to run a state like California, which year after year has gone through. Obviously, it's a big state. Obviously, a lot of people living there, but they've gone year after year through rolling blackouts. That's California, folks. This is the 21st century, folks. This is the most wealthiest nation on the planet, folks. And states like California, where there's a mass concentration of wealth, can't keep the power on. Yet, we hear about all these wonderful new technologies. Why aren't they working? Sure, in the future, electric cars and solar power, that might be the way to go. But at the moment, we've had hundreds of years of investment and adaptation with coal, with natural gas. And to switch immediately is not only asinine and dumb, it's incredibly irresponsible. And if you're not dumb and irresponsible, you have to know what you're doing and intentionally be doing this to cut off the energy supply as an act of warfare. Cutting off the energy, preventing people from traveling and driving. Well, you can still do it. You just have to pay a lot of money out of pocket that most people don't have, right? And that money coming out of pocket can only come out of the pockets of those who have a lot of money. So guess who gets to travel? Wealthy people get to travel. Or you can travel on your last two or $300 to see a mom or a dad before they die on the other side of the country. And then guess what? You're broke. Or you're, excuse me, economically disadvantaged. We heard a lot about the Ministry of Truth. We heard a lot about the, the government branch that was going to monitor social and internet interactions. Remember that? What you might not have heard of is the Department of Justice also announced on May 5th last month a new office to enforce laws around the climate crisis. Now, one might ask, why does the Department of Justice need a new office to enforce laws around a climate crisis or a toxic pollution crisis when they already have departments and we already have laws that prevent pollution? We just need to enforce the laws. Is this a cheap political stunt to make it seem like we're doing something, we're creating a new office, we're going to enforce these laws? Why not just enforce them? Why go through this whole pageantry and this whole ceremony of creating this new department. But that's what they're doing. The Justice Department is opening a new office aimed at addressing the department's environmental justice efforts. Then you realize, oh, that's what it's about. It's not about the environment. It's not about climate. It's about environmental justice. What is environmental justice? Well, they tell us environmental justice is for black people and brown people. It's for certain minority groups that have been historically abused, which is every color, every skin, every religion in the history of the world. And our country is the first country to say slavery is wrong. 
and end it. And uh, if you don't believe that, well, I guess we had a civil war over nothing. I guess there was a 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment for nothing to reinforce the original founding principles. I guess we had a Congress that uh, banned slave importation and the expansion of slave states in the early 1800s for no reason. Uh, I, I, I guess all that was just you know made up nonsense by the white man, right? We have a country that ended that practice for, for the most part when most of the rest of the world still practices slavery today in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, there's debt slavery, which, you know, is something that affects everybody. But the bottom line is climate justice. Here's the thing that doesn't make any sense. Climate justice. We're going to do this for brown people. Well, if you're going to do this for brown people and you're going to tell people they can't have air conditioners, you're going to tell people they can't have cars, you tell people they can't burn fossil fuels, they can't have natural gas, you know, what's going to happen? The developing world will starve to death and die. And much of the developing world is that same group of people that you hold up as a shield against political attacks in places like the United States. Sub-Saharan Africa has, I believe it's the lowest average age lived in the world. Large parts of Africa Parts of India, they still have a caste system in India. Israel is an apartheid state. South Africa is still partly apartheid. So what the hell's going on here? How is climate justice going to help brown people when climate justice will fundamentally destroy, systematically, surgically destroy the developing world? It will prevent them from being able to develop. It is the most imperialistic plan you could imagine sold in the most beautiful equality, justice, and rights package that that you could possibly find. That's what it is. You're going to turn off energy and prevent people from getting access to things they need to grow and to develop and to build the infrastructure? You're condemning hundreds of millions of people to death. But what did Bill Gates' wife or ex-wife say? We didn't think of the economic... She said that. We did not think of the economic consequences when we instituted the lockdowns. She said that. Melinda Gates. We didn't think about the economic consequences when we instituted the lockdowns. Oops. One might ask why Melinda Gates has any say in this at all. But, you know, I guess that's not for me to to ask. Here's the quote. What did surprise us is we hadn't really thought through the economic impacts. Really? Well, if you hadn't thought through them, sounds like you're being irresponsible and you should be voted out of office. (gasps) Oh, you weren't voted in the office. You're banging some billionaire. That's why you get to speak. See, I have a problem with this because I don't like paying more for gas. I don't like paying more for energy when we have such an abundance of these things that just a few years ago we were exporting them. I don't like paying more for general necessities in life while I'm being told that it's for the environment because that's that's me being gaslit if I believe that. Not only has the White House, the president, taken executive authority to spur domestic clean energy manufacturing, the Defense Production Act, but the Department of Justice has a new office 
for climate justice. And one might find it strange, while at a time in which baby formula isn't on the shelf, the Defense Production Act has been invoked for solar panels. Last two times I've been to the store, virtually no baby food whatsoever. Obviously, some women should be probably nursing and not going right to the, to the formula, but you know the formula is still beneficial for some people. Hardly any of it. Isn't that kind of strange? Don't you find that kind of interesting? You have a whole collective, hive mind, progressive ideology that doesn't want families. They want abortion. They promote promiscuity and, and, and degradation of society. And then you might have a baby, but oops, you can't get formula, but we did ship a bunch over to Ukraine. We hate American flags, but we're going to fly the Ukrainian flag. We don't like borders, but how dare Putin step over that border into Ukraine? We don't like guns. Ah, God, get the guns away from me. They're killing kids, but we can give them to actual kids, young people in Ukraine. That's okay. We can ship the baby formula to the border for people that are trafficking humans and trafficking drugs. We can ship the baby formula to Ukraine and to the board, but we, we can't have it. You can't, we're going to, but we're going to invoke the, the defense production act for solar panels. Either have to be totally retarded, totally incompetent, or, you know, precisely what you are doing. And I'm pretty sure these people know what they're doing because in places like California by 2035, no more gas powered vehicles, no more gas powered lawn equipment, And Los Angeles is about to ban gas stoves. New York has already discussed this and put this forth in the legislature to ban gas stoves and buildings. I mean, that would make pretty much every building obsolete. If you live in one of the cities, you live in Rochester, Albany, New York City, Buffalo. I mean, these are old cities. Most of the the cities, most of the buildings have uh, uh, gas-powered things like stoves. So what does that mean? You're going to replace everything with electricity? What's that going to do? It's going to overpower the grid. You're going to feel what it feels like to live in Venezuela. That's what it's going to do. We've got to ban the gas stoves, ban the gas-powered cars. Yes, the gas-powered cars and the gas stoves go right to electricity. The electricity can, can, can withstand uh, the demand. And it's funny because and I say that so sarcastically, Bloomberg published a story a few days ago. I did a whole show on this before I switched over to Ground Zero Radio here, uh, now five nights a week. So if you go into our archive at thesecretteachings.info, look up the show called Blackout to the Future. And we talked in great detail about this. Bloomberg reported that there is a, quote, hot, deadly summer coming with frequent blackouts. And here's what Bloomberg reported. This is the same Bloomberg that said, hey, if you can't afford your pet medication, just let your pet die for the climate. And although I like lentils, personally, it's one of my favorite foods, they said eat lentils, and that's how you'll save the climate. That's not going to actually save anything. Uh, It might save you a few dollars, but it's not going to save the environment. Here's what Bloomberg said. Consumers will be asked to step up to help keep the grid stable by curtailing their consumption. Plus, climate change is fueling drought, severely curbing hydropower supplies. Is it really? 
is climate change really creating more drought? Because you know where you have more drought in one place, you'll have more water in another place because the system balances out. Despite all of this, the United Nations and the IPCC say, quote, there is low confidence in a global scale observed trend in drought, end quote. The National Climate Assessment from the United States federal government adds, quote, drought has decreased over much of the continental United States in association with long-term increases in precipitation, end quote. And scientists working for the United Nations explain further, quote, there is low confidence in attributing changes in drought over global land areas since the mid-20th century to human influence, end quote. So that's the science. That's the UN. That's the IPCC. That's the U.S. federal government that drought is not caused by man-made activity in relation to global warming and climate change. And if you have drought in one place, you might actually have more water in another place. So the response to this is consumers will be asked to step up to help keep the grids stable by curtailing their consumption. 11 states are at risk of outage across the United States, according to the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, MISO. MISO serves about 42 million people and projected it has insufficient power generation to meet the highest demand periods this summer, especially in Midwest states. In places like Texas, they say the grid is, quote, still at risk of shortages, despite the state's scramble to improve resilience after a February 2021 winter storm that left millions in the dark for days. Do you remember that? Because I do. I did a show called Red Star State. And in that show, we documented that the state of Texas has enough energy to power not only itself, but surrounding states and a large part of the United States. Texas has so much energy, they don't know what to do with it. It's not the storm that caused the outages and caused people to die in cold. It was the federal government and the EPA saying, you can't activate those power plants because you will go over your allotment of carbon emissions. You must keep them off. I've got the letter from the federal government right here in a folder. The federal government said, you do not turn those on. You do not generate more power. And Texas listened. And because Texas listened, people died. And because Texas listened, their grid failed. They had enough energy, but they had to turn it off because you've used too much energy now. That's too much carbon dioxide. That's what's causing this. Just like when people say lockdowns because of coronavirus, it's causing people to, to be anxious and suicidal and people to be afraid and scared and not have contact with their family. This damn virus, it's causing all these horrible emotional problems and health problems. But the virus didn't lock anybody down. We've never locked people down that were healthy. We lock people down and quarantine them. That's where the word comes from. People that are unhealthy, people that are actually showing signs and symptoms of a particular disease. We don't lock down healthy people. And a virus didn't do that. Man did it. Cuomo did it in New York. Newsom did it in California. Ron DeSantis didn't do it in Florida. And Florida's fine. 11 states are at risk of outage. And then one of my favorite articles I've read in a long, long time. I saved a copy of this so I could pull the actual article out to read it to you. California's electrical grid has an EV problem. 
not ED, EV. Their EV problem is an electric vehicle problem. The additional load, says the article from Yahoo, Yahoo Finance, the additional load from electric vehicles charging could add more strain to the electric grid. That would then contribute to more blackouts in the state of California because we don't have enough electricity for the electric cars. The cheapest electric car, by the way, that you can buy is $27,000. $27,000 and some change. $27,400. There's a tax credit that drops it down to nineteen nine. So it's under twenty, but you think, hey, this is great. It's under twenty thousand dollars. That car, brand new, brand new battery, not charged over and over, not losing capacity for storage, will get you one hundred and forty nine miles before you have to charge it again. People at universities, people at businesses, people in, in, in apartments and cities, are complaining across the country they can't find places to plug in their electric cars. People are dying on the side of the, their cars are dying on the side of the road. They have to have people come pick them up in gas-powered vehicles to move the electric car because you can't drive very far. And just like our transportation secretary said when he's not busy having literal gay parades with children, he says that you can't afford gas at $5 a gallon. Well, buy an electric car. It's such a dishonest and terribly dismissing and tone-deaf way of dealing with a crisis, which for most people is being able to put gas in their car and, and the cost of living going up. And you say, you can't afford $5 a gallon? Buy an electric car. There's tax credits. I don't have $20,000, Pete. I don't have $20,000 to drive 149 miles and not find a charging station and get stranded in the desert, Pete. But Pete doesn't care. He could just find a gay parade to pick him up and take him wherever he wants to go. He doesn't have to worry about gas. These other cars just go up in price from there. Get up into the 30s, $40,000 for Teslas and on and on and on. And maybe you get a couple hundred miles. What it means is the more money you have, the more you're allowed to travel. This is a class system. This is class warfare. If you're wealthy, you get to travel you get the real butter, you get the real chocolate, you can have a cheeseburger, Bill Gates' favorite food. But if you're poor, you have to eat bugs, you have to stay at home, you can't go on vacation, you can't have an air conditioner, you're a peasant, eat your bugs, and die. It is the Kim Trail of Tears, and when we come back, I'm going to get into the specifics of the Kim Trails right here on The Secret Teaching. Stay with us on Ground Zero Radio. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. (laughs) 
I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the fall out back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. The Cal ISO has started rotating power out. Governor Newsom today addressed the recent rolling blackout. We failed to predict and plan. Energy conservation is what the California Independent System Operator wants to see more. Type of conservation. The overall picture is that the California grid ran out of energy. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. The president is invoking the Defense Authorization Act to lift tariffs on solar products from several countries. The effort is meant to kick the country into high gear for green energy. The president said that using the act is justified because it will allow the U.S. to be less reliant on foreign sources for energy. But if we want to avoid catastrophe, we have to drastically cut emissions now. You're not going to solve global warming by telling people no. You're not going to solve this by telling people you can't fly, you can't go on your car, you can't eat meat, you can't do all these things that you like to do because of the climate. 97% or more of actively publishing climate scientists agree. In the 1920s, about half a million people died each and every year from climate disasters. A lot of them were floods and droughts. 2021 is set to be even lower at about 6,000. Climate warming trends over the past century are extremely likely due to human activities. Like, 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 likely due to human activities. The ocean's rising. It turns out that at least for now, and probably in the foreseeable future, the accretion is higher than the sea level rise. You've seen increasing areas, not decreasing areas. The ocean's rising. 
killing trees like 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 likely due to human activities like 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 killing trees that means switching out those natural gas plants for wind turbines coal plants for solar farms lowering emissions also means switching from gas cars to electric cars no new gas vehicles sold in california by 2035 that is the goal of an executive order signed by governor newsom but you've actually not cut very much emissions you've just bought an extra car and you mostly bought it for subsidies that other people that is the poor will have to help sponsor lowering emissions also means speeding our buildings not with natural gas but with electric heat pumps cooking on electric stoves basically we're going to be using a lot more electricity anywhere from 40 to 100% more than we currently use. Because of global warming, because of the 2.6% reduction, we will only be 434% as rich by the end of the century. Notice that's a very different understanding from what you typically hear today, namely that everything is gonna be bleak and terrible by the end of the century. No, everything or most things will be much better, but it'll be slightly less better. Global warming is a problem, not the end of the world. I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. According to a 2016 publication, the biggest satellite study of the planet to date, the past few decades have seen about half of all the vegetated area in the world. It's actually getting greener, not browner. Only 4% is getting browner. And there's a lot of reasons for this. Although humans are responsible for negative things like deforestation, they are also responsible for positive things. More regenerative reforestation programs, more efficient agricultural practices help to green the planet. Plus, carbon dioxide is also assisting. More CO2 means larger and more productive plants. More CO2 means plants holding more water, therefore reducing things like drought. According to the UN's Food and Agricultural Organization, there will only be a very small drop in crop production from now until the end of this part of the century, the middle of this century. On a worst-case scenario, by 2080, most wheat, rice, barley, oats, and other cereal grains will be produced at a percentage loss of only about 2.2% when factoring in the worst-case scenario for climate change, which is clearly an exaggeration. This means that Despite the fact we've been told the ice caps are going to melt, we're all going to be underwater, islands are going to disappear at a rapid rate, that we're going to face sweltering heat everywhere in the world, our skin, our flesh is going to be burned off, and that unless we just stop living, there's nothing that's going to stop it. Despite all those things we've been told since the 60s and 70s, the problem isn't any worse today than it was then. We were told in the 50s and 60s that there, weren't, there wasn't going to be enough food to feed 3.5 billion people if we kept doing what we're doing. And with the population increase, there's no way we're going to have enough food by the end of the 20th century. Now we have so much food that in the United States, on average, most families throw out about 40% of what they buy. We have so much food because it goes bad, they don't even get to eat it. You know one of the reasons we have so much food? Plastic. That doesn't mean that I'm throwing plastic wrappers out in the street. That doesn't mean I'm throwing plastic wrappers out here in the wash next to the studio. doesn't mean I'm going out and taking plastic bags and throwing them in in an ocean, in a a river. Can't do that here in Arizona, but I'm not going to go throw my garbage in the desert. But 
plastic is actually beneficial, and not to mention the fact that plastic is actually, and no, I don't work for big oil, it's just a statistical fact, plastic is more efficient because plastic lasts longer than the paper, it's more durable, you can carry more, it's not subject to getting wet and dissolving like a paper bag, paper bags are heavier, the materials, the raw materials are heavier to transport, it takes more energy to produce them. I mean, these are the little things, just like recycling. Recycling is an immense energetic process with little to no beneficial outcome or product. Sure, we might live in a throwaway society, but most of the plastic in the ocean isn't coming from Los Angeles. It's not coming from here where I am in Arizona. It's coming from China. It's coming from India. That's where virtually all of the ocean garbage is coming from. But we do these little things, lids and toothbrushes and straws and, oh, we're saving the planet. We're gonna, we don't want plastic in the ocean. Oh, my God. Almost all of it's coming from China and India. You, you, you could never see plastic again in your life where you're living. It doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't protect anybody. Buy an electric car. Sure, if you've got the money for it, you can afford it. You can subsidize your transition to that kind of energy. Great. But guess what? I and others like me, you, might have to pay for that. The poor people have to pay in taxes the subsidies that are given to rich people to buy electric cars. You know how far you can drive on that thing? 149 miles with a fully charged battery the first few times, and then that battery life starts to wane. You might get a clean 140 every time. That's not that far. I've been on stretches of road in the southwest here. You go to Nevada, you see signs that say no gas for 100 miles. That's no gas for 100 miles. There ain't going to be an electric charging station in the middle of nowhere. Maybe one as a novel thing. There aren't enough stations. And if you want to plug one in uh, one of these things in at your house, you're talking thousands of dollars on top of the car. What do you think that car is made of? The tires are made of oil. The plastic is made of oil. Virtually all the components of the car, if it's not made of oil, it's made of, of, of precious metals that are stripped out of the earth in mining operations. It's not beneficial to the planet. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? I'll be honest with you. On the surface, an electric car sounds really great. T to me, it sounds like, yeah, I, 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 I drive an electric car. I don't have to get gas again. That's great. But there's a, there's a problem with that. The problem is, although a gasoline-powered vehicle might expel more carbon dioxide, it's about 34 tons over its life, and an electric car produces about 26 tons of carbon dioxide from production to usage to end of life. It's a 24% reduction. That sounds really good. But battery life is insufficient. The vehicle has less power. This means more driving, wearing out your tires faster, wearing out asphalt produced with fossil fuels faster. And the more people that rapidly switch to these vehicles that can afford it, not only force poorer people to pay for the tax subsidies while they drive around virtue signaling that I've got an electric car, 
but it also generates more demand on the electric grid because for some reason people think there's some kind of fairy waving a magic wand granting you wishes. I'd like my car charged, please. Wish granted. And Will Smith's there in blue like Aladdin. And he grants you the wish. The electricity has to come from somewhere, Dumbo. It has to come from, it doesn't just magically appear out of nowhere. And the more of these electric cars, the more blackouts you're going to get when the grid isn't sufficiently prepped for that amount of demand. And that's precisely what we've been seeing in California. That's what California is being warned about right now. California is warning that they are going to see rolling blackouts all this summer. And we also have 11 other states, according to MISO, Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, that are probably going to be facing outages, all of these in the Midwest, due to an over-demand of electricity. Which isn't just electric cars, electric stoves, electric everything. Where does that energy come from? Where do you think that electricity is coming from? It's coming from coal and natural gas, which, by the way, burn a lot cleaner than they did 15, 20 years ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago. You know why? Because we've adapted. That's why. We've innovated. That's why. Without adaptation and innovation, we're throwing ourselves back into basically using whale blubber oil to light lanterns. We're throwing ourselves back into a less progressed state of civilization. I hope that people understand that that's what's happening. That's the whole system of build back better. You know, this is exactly what the communist Chinese did after the communist revolution. After that long march of ignorant, asinine morons. You know what the communist revolution entailed in China? Well, besides the, uh, the, the indiscriminate raping and pillaging and torturing and murder and theft and everything else you can imagine, it also resulted in, on top of the, the ruling class gets the meat, the ruling class gets the butter, just like beef for Vendetta, and the poor people eat straw and dirt to survive and then die because it cakes in their stomach and they, 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 they can't digest the food and they die. Um, you also get, on top of the struggle sessions and the beatings and the urine and the feces thrown at you if you say something that your neighbor didn't like and thinks, eh, that's a little bit uh, contrary to what the party believes and what Mao Zedong believes, what you get... As I get to what you actually get, what do you get in that communist system? You got people that didn't know how to utilize, for example, certain types of technology and machines. You got backyard, literally backyard smelting furnaces where people were forced to work with materials that they were not skilled in. People that did not know how to farm were forced to farm Society was totally distorted, totally scrambled. So you had people that didn't know how to work with metal working with metal, people that didn't know how to farm working with farm equipment. Everything collectivized, nobody owns anything. There's no responsibility. There's no desire to take care of something. So what happened? Tools broke faster. There was less production, but the state kept saying there was more and more production. It's great. There's so much production. There's so much wonderful, you know, production. We've got so much, you know, agricultural growth. Oh my, oh my God, look, look at how much grain we produced. And the local cadres in the, in the, in the, in the towns, they would get basically a pat on the back and they were encouraged to increase the numbers, increase the numbers, increase the numbers, increase the numbers. 
And what happened as a result? People starved to death in mass. Not only did people starve to death in mass, but it led to the greatest mass death in the history of the known world. 65 conservative million people were either starved to death. It was about 40 to 45,000 mouths famine. 65 or so million total, up to 80 million, some believe. When you, when you factor out, factor out the, the 40 million that starved to death, it's an additional 20, 30, 40 million people that were slaughtered and, 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 and murdered in the most brutal ways by the communist dictatorship. And they forced people to do things they didn't know how to do, and, and that resulted in lots of injuries, people dying. It resulted in poor workmanship, obviously. So you get tools and materials that they break on top of the lack of responsibility for what already exists. And that's what's happening now. We, we don't understand electric cars, plugging those things into the home. We're just, we're, it's like a PlayStation 5 when it comes out. You know, they got signs up that say we can't sell this in store because customers won't be safe because people will stab you, shoot you, you know, run you over with their car. Literally, if you have a PlayStation 5 and they can't get one, they want to get access to it on, on that Friday night when it comes out. That, that, that's, that, that's what people are doing with the electric. We've got to get the electric car, get the electric car. Oh my God, it'll save the environment. It doesn't save the environment. The electricity comes from somewhere. A strained grid now that will result in rolling blackouts and with the cost of food up, the cost of energy up, the only people that can afford this stuff and, and, and afford to live their, 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 their typical lifestyle are people that have money. So it creates this class divide, the haves and the have-nots, the ultra-wealthy and the ultra-poor. The Communist Politburo Party of Mao Zedong in his big house with heat, eating meat, eating steak, while most people lived and died of exposure in mud huts, working for a local cadre who could have sex with their wife whenever he wanted, who could beat somebody to death whenever he wanted. Total lawlessness and chaos. That's what the communist system brought. And you know what it did in the process? It tore down the old world because that was a capitalist, nationalist model. And in exchange, it brought in a policy of the three red banners. The three red banners defined as building back a better world, a socialist world. Build back better. The three red banners on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's campaign logo. Three red banners. Build back better. The International Energy Agency reported back in March of this year that emergency measures can quickly cut global oil demand by 2.7 million barrels a day, reducing the risk of a damaging supply crunch. And they suggested that we focus on the IEA's 10-point plan. Their 10-point plan includes steps such as car-free Sundays in large cities. This is from their website. Car-free Sundays. Don't drive at all. And if you can't afford to drive, buy an electric car. And then when you buy the Nissan Leaf, the lowest end model, I could tell you about the high end models. You get 250 miles on a charge. Good luck finding a station once you get out there. Good luck traveling across the country. I'm glad you decided to buy a car that's made of rare materials stripped out of the earth, raped out of the earth, and, well, oil. And you got to drive it more because it doesn't have as much pickup if you're driving a, a, a truck trying to haul material. 
You can't haul as much. You got to drive back and forth. It wastes time. It limits productivity. This is precisely what the communist revolution did in China. This is precisely the incompetence and the negligence of the state taking things into their hands that they have no business handling. The state does not know how to produce energy, how much to produce, how to distribute it. The state does not know how much it should cost. The state does not know anything about economics and how to run the system. The state is there to regulate the companies that produce these things. The state is there to prevent monopolies, but instead we have monopolies that have taken over the state as part of a corporate fascist, communist, totalitarian, authoritarian, despotic rule, and they are now dictating to us, if you don't have the money, you don't travel. If you can buy an electric car, the more money you have, the further you can go. It's a class system of the ultra-wealthy and the ultra-poor. And that's not the only thing that we have in common with communist China's history. I mean, the, the whole idea of the whole idea of wearing masks because of a pandemic is a result of well, it's back to the communist revolution. Back in 1952, Beijing told everybody that there were these diseases spreading and that they had to wear masks and social distance. It's in a Chinese history book. There's a book called The Tragedy of Liberation. Read that, you'll learn all about it has nothing to do with the pandemic. It just is a piece of history that's really, really interesting. I don't believe we were ever dealing with a particle. We're dealing with poison. We're dealing with chemicals. We're dealing with toxins. Then we're also dealing with fear, terror, trauma, mind control. What I call cultural BDSM. Put your mask on. Sadists and masochists or masochists who want to hurt themselves and want to hurt other people and derive pleasure out of it. Virtue signalers that in major psychological studies, those that virtue signal to acquire social currency, that's your social credit system. It's not even necessarily a digital system. It is an ideological system. If you're for the environment, you're for climate, you're a good person, you drive an electric car, you take your bike, you're a good person, thumbs up to you, that's the social credit score. That's how it begins. And then you start to read about things like climate engineering. And this Thursday, there is a meeting. A group of former world leaders and people from the WTO Climate Overshoot Commission getting together to discuss climate intervention. We're talking about stratospheric aerosol injection. We're talking about cloud seeding. We're talking about solar radiation management, processes that increase the temperature of the planet, which is likely why these programs are now becoming publicly acknowledged, although they're being called climate intervention, not climate engineering or geoengineering. They're being publicly acknowledged now because as the system goes online officially, it's going online officially to solve the problem that it created. It created global warming. When you spray those particulates, it blocks sunlight, it traps heat. That's man-made global warming. And those particulates that are in aerosols, like the trioxides, you inhale them, cardiovascular problems, respiratory distress, respiratory disease, according to the University of Copenhagen. Go back to 1962, into the 70s and 80s, Project Storm Fury. Project Storm Fury 
1960s and 1980s, the U.S. government ran programs consisting of flying aircraft into tropical storms and releasing silver iodide particles to cool the water and weaken storms. Officially, the last flight was in 1971, but the program wasn't considered canceled until 1983. Among other weather modification programs were Project Popeye from 1967 to 1962 in Southeast Asia. This was the famous flooding of the Ho Chi Minh Trail during the Vietnam War. Also, documents from the U.S. Department of Commerce and Office of Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration from July of 2009 describe how hurricane modification is indeed a reality. The Hurricane Aerosol and Microphysics Program, HAMP, was funded to the tune of $64.1 million taxpayer dollars. The document says, and I have a copy of it right here, pollution aerosols reduced the cloud drop size and suppressed the warm rain-forming processes in the external spiral cloud bands of the storms. During the past decade, it was found that aerosols substantially affect cloud microphysics. The U.S. Department of Defense, back in the 1990s, there's even a transcript from the Office of the Assistant Secretary of Defense, April 28, 1997, where they talk about eliminating using science and certain forms of pathogens that, quote, would be ethnic-specific so that they could just eliminate certain ethnic groups and races. They also talked about how some are engaging in eco-terrorism, whereby, quote, they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes and volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. Club of Rome said back in 1991, the first global revolution, in searching for a new enemy to unite us, we came up with the idea that pollution, the threat of global warming, water shortages, famine, and the like would fit the bill. The report from Iron Mountain in the section Ecological says, a comprehensive program of applied eugenics, along with utilizing the conservation movement as a means to control societal progression and development. We're dealing with people that don't care about the environment We're also dealing with people that don't care about you. They see us as insects to be exterminated in their own words. And the technology that they have is far more advanced than a few planes just getting off the ground to spray some heavy metals. Environmental research letters, this study published in 2018, stratospheric aerosol injection tactics and costs in the first 15 years of deployment, pretty cheap. They call it solar geoengineering. Solar geoengineering engineering solar geoengineering just like i read you earlier the american geophysical union is now discussing climate intervention what they call solar engineering that is part of a quote from harvard here's another study this one is about cloud seeding quantifying snowfall from uh, orgographic cloud seeding to increase snowstorms some believe that is actually what happened on top of the epa's demand to turn down the power production in Texas when they had that massive storm. Quick points to hit before we are out of time tonight. Climate-related deaths. Back in the early 20th century, about 500,000 people died of climate-related deaths. Today, the number is under 10,000. CO2 has made the world greener. Since the 1980s, the equivalent of two to three full United States of America, the full continental United States of pure greenery, has increased on the face of planet Earth. According to the EPA, 
heat waves are steadily the same as they have been for decades. Wildfires. Wildfires from the 1920s to today burn about 75% less than what they burned back in the roaring 20s. Nine times more people, according to Lancet, die of cold than heat. Warming saves hundreds of thousands of lives every year. Flooding, storms in general, all these things, things like landmass ending up underwater. There's actually there's more green. Carbon dioxide allows for more plants to retain their water, so less droughts. That doesn't mean carbon dioxide is a good thing or methane is a good thing, but when you have stratospheric aerosol injection programs, when you have sulfur injection programs, that includes the stratospheric aerosol injection, solar radiation management, chemtrailing, geoengineering, and the results of exposure to the things that are being put into the atmosphere are respiratory distress, and then it's blamed on a virus, heart problems, just general maladies, general illnesses. Sure, our lifestyle, our stress, our anxiety, our alcohol, our drugs, our vaping, our, our constant worrying, our fear, poor choices in food, fast food, processed food, that leads to cancer, diabetes, heart disease, etc. Uh, about 80% of those conditions can actually be halted and reversed or totally prevented with lifestyle changes. But some people are probably being affected by other things in the environment, pollutants, toxins, and things that nobody wants to talk about. We'll bash the hell out of an oil company, but then we'll pay them $5 happily to fight Putin, right? Or we'll just go out and buy an electric car because we can afford it. None of those things are going to save you. We have an abundance of energy. We have an abundance of food. And the reason we have an abundance of energy and food is because we've adapted. We've progressed. We found new ways to find resources, whether those are metals or even oil and natural gas. We, we, we found just like 60% of natural gas reserves are only or it's 100, of 100% of a natural gas reserve, only about 40% is tapped before it's left. There's so much energy in the world. There's so many resources. There's so much food. And it's usually when you break it down because of things that people want to get rid of that make the world a better place, that make the world a safer place, that make the world a more habitable place. Running water, sanitation, hygiene, housing. People are more literate today. People are... Are, are, are living in safer environments despite what they tell you about guns. Despite what they tell you about crime. The world is a much better place today, but some people are trying to displace us like a trail of uh, tears scenario. It's, it's kind of what I'm thinking. It's I call it the Kim Trail of Tears. Instead of being displaced, you are locked down into a location, quarantined, not just for a virus, but for climate change, to conserve energy, conserve water. It's up to you to save the planet, to save the world. While the rich, while the ultra-wealthy continue to take what they want and relegate you to a surf class, worse than a surf class, a slave class, and gaslight you and psychologically manipulate you into thinking that you deserve what's happening to you. It's time to break the trance, break the spell, and understand what's happening. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. Please subscribe to our website, our archive. It's different than Ground Zero, 
So if you want Clyde, you'll have to subscribe to Aftermath separately. Otherwise, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio. And our website has our subscription service as well as my books. Please subscribe. Please buy a book. rdgable at yahoo.com, thesecretteaching.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Stay tuned to Ground Zero Radio.